Hello and welcome to the Pure Championship podcast with me, Cammy Anderson and Chris Sampson. We're the only place to go if you want to hear about the best of Scottish Championship every week. Last week we started by taking a look at Hearts as they were crowned champions and this week we're going to take a closer look at Alwa, whose relegation to League, League One was confirmed this past weekend. But first of all, we've got to discuss the legend that is Dick Campbell. Now, over the past few days, unless you've been living under a rock, the football world has been a bit all over the place. There's been the European Super League's on, it's been off, it's on, it's off, teams in and out. And yeah, it's been it's been quite the situation. But I think the, there was one, one man who perfectly summed the, the whole situation up, and that, that was our both manager, Dick Campbell. Now, the kind of highlight from his interview was the nothing but a share of greedy bastards he said in response to what he thinks of the teams. And then, I mean, the bit that kind of followed, he'd said a little bit about his wife getting angry and she wasn't first for football. But a bit that I quite liked was him him kind of bigging up our level of the game. Um, so he said, get along to watch the game at our level. At our growth, I know every single player I put out on the pitch will give their all for me and for the club. The players don't do it for money. They do it for the love of the game. They aren't getting paid costly sums of cash. And I think your ordinary punter can relate a lot more to an our growth player than they can to one of these 500,000 a week superstars in the Super League. So, Chris, w- what are you kind of thinking on Dick Campbell's comments? I think Gavin Owen kind of covered the, the European Super League stuff. So if you're wanting the kind of pure fit for viewing that, feel free to listen to that on your feed. But what are you kind of thinking, uh, Chris? Yeah, I think <clears throat> Dick Campbell's spot on, to be honest. Um, I think you can definitely get I'm not saying you can get totally close if you're a if you're a fan of um, a championship club and and you know that like players know you for instance uh, that might happen at our growth. I'm I'm not necessarily sure it happens across the league, but I think he's he's quite right. He's absolutely spot on. And yeah, I think everybody is obviously hoping that when football starts up again, I think this is this was the biggest sentiment for me when it when it all came out on Sunday and on Monday was everybody kind of banding together. Everybody, um, kind of like bringing Scott. It almost brought Scottish football together, I think, and that's always great when stuff like that happens on on Twitter or uh, when people react to to what they're seeing from the perceived biggest clubs in in the world. And I think, yeah, Dick Campbell's absolutely right. <laughs> they are nothing but a, a shower of greedy bastards. Um, I think the one of the biggest things uh, for me as well is to like. I love that they just went out and got Dick Campbell's view on on this as well. Like I like to think that they just phoned him up and asked him uh, asked him a simple question, then and just started talking about this. Um, I'm not sure if that's what how it did go down, but I think we would definitely recommend the Courier at the moment for for any championship stuff because they're doing some great um, pieces at the moment as well. And this was just one of them with, with Dick Campbell, obviously on the Super League stuff. I mean, I'd like to see Dick Campbell just interviewed for anything that's kind of major and important because he is, <laughs> yeah. I think we've always said he says it as he is. He's a real character. And yes, as you said, again, it's certainly not wrong. And with regards to feeling more of a connection to the club, I think I think we, we can kind of attest to that idea. We've obviously been fortunate enough to have plenty of interviews with players this season, keep in contact with these guys. And I mean, the chances of us being able to interview Manchester United players, Man City players, Barcelona players and bring them on the podcast I mean, I think there's more chance of us both making it onto the moon than than there is kind of that. It's just, yeah, I think I, at this I level... Thought you were say, I thought you were going to say there's more chance of us appearing for our respective football teams that we support. Um, but, well, there yeah, is that. Maybe, maybe, um, the, maybe the moon's more likely than that, to be honest. But but yeah, so as we said at the kind of top of the show, we're going to take a bit of a closer look at Aloha, who 
very disappointingly for both Chris and I, who've developed a bit of a soft spot for them over our time doing the podcast. Back down to League One, and just a few hours before we record this podcast, it was announced that Peter Grant would be leaving his post as manager at the end of the season. What what are your kind of thoughts on this? Out of the blue, maybe, or kind of something to be expected? I don't I don't think it's a ma- it's a major shock to be honest, um, Cammy. I think where we tend to get kind of the not not the insider um, scoop on Alawa from Kieran, but um, I, I tend to look at Kieran's tweets as as kind of that's that's what Alawa fans tend to think, and and that tends to be um, the kind of the view of the fan base almost. And I think Kieran was potentially resigned to, to Peter Grant potentially leaving at the end of the season anyway. So I I almost think it's a natural thing to happen. Obviously, there's not many times that uh, a team gets relegated and their manager stays. Um, I think, yes, you could probably point to some examples of that happening over the years and, and, it, be, and it ended up being a success. But um, I think you only have to look at some some recent examples of that, that uh, kind of, teams maybe not getting rid of their manager and, and it being um kind of going going awry the, the season after as well. And I think it definitely feels like a good time for Peter Grant to be to be moving on to something else. Obviously we don't know what he's moving on to. I think you'd mentioned a couple of weeks back there was potentially a, a Celtic rumor if, if Eddie Howe was going in or something like that. Who who knows what's going to happen there. Um, but I'm just wondering from your perspective, do you think Peter Grant uh, what kind of level do you think he could be managing that in, in the future going forward, and in, in Scottish football in particular. I mean, I think it's an interesting one because Grant managing Allo was the first time he'd held like a kind of senior manager's position in many a year. I think the last time he was actually in charge of some a senior team was was Norwich, and and that was kind of the early two thousands. But since then, he was mainly assistant managers. Also had that little spell as Scotland assistant. Uh, I think with McLeish. And I think it probably is a natural time to kind of separate in part ways. His contract was up, and I think even at a team like Alloa, whose expectations are, and they kind of use the football manager term, fight bravely against relegation. I mean, I think it is quite hard to to survive regardless of what happens, and obviously keep your job. Um, yeah, I think it's also a good time for a new manager to come in. The Alloa squad, I think we brought it up a few weeks ago. Every single player, Barn Stefan Skugel, is actually out of contract. So, I mean, it gives Alo a real chance to to just start afresh. I think next season's League One is, is going to be highly competitive. The league's been really competitive this year. Some really big names in that. And I think Alloa, as much as Peter Grant would maybe have pulled some players in just with his kind of pass, his Celtic pass, and just kind of being a bit of a, I'm, I'm not going to say he's a massive name, but just kind of that name, that, that would probably have a bit of a pull. But I think Alloa, We've seen many a time the managers who've went through there kind of use them as a springboard. They managed to just bring success to to the end of drill. And yeah, I, I think I'd say I'm quite interested to see who they go after next. Typically, it is a bit of an untried guy who's maybe not had much. Or yeah, I think I, I'm not sure on names or what Alwa's kind of budget would be. But yeah, it's certainly an interesting time and maybe not the maybe not the worst thing to happen either. I think Peter Grant leaves. Um, Having had 68 matches in charge in total, obviously this is all competitions, won 19, drew 16, lost 33. Now it's, I mean, it's certainly not the most wonderful of records, but when you consider it's Aloha, winning about 20 of them, it's, it's probably not too bad. But but yeah, um, moving on then, I think with them now down, they even 
even they're winning their final two games obviously won't mean anything. And I think we said last week it would just be typical for them to be relegated at the weekend and then win their final two. What kind of things do you think have went wrong for Aloha throughout the season? I think the the biggest thing is probably, well, for me, I think the biggest thing is actually their injuries. Um, to be honest, Cammy, we've touched on it a few times and there's been times when they've been without key key players in that first team. I'm thinking, uh, like, Scott Taggart's been out for quite a bit. I think Liam Dick's been out for quite a bit. Obviously, Neil Parry's had his injuries um, over the past couple of seasons as well. And... Um, and and Andy Graham's not getting any younger as well. I think he's missed uh, a little chunk of this season, and that's just the defence. I mean, if you and and you've pointed out as well that the defence has been very leaky this season, hasn't it? Is it is it fifty nine conceded? Yeah, it's fifty nine conceded, which is ten more than the next kind of closest. And I mean. When you consider some of the defeats they've had this season, it's not that surprising. 6-0 defeat to Hearts, then gave up nine goals over the three games they played against Dundee and only kept one clean sheet all season. I mean, I think that tells t- tells quite a lot. If you're not keeping clean sheets, yeah, you're yeah. probably not going to be doing too well. And of course, you can obviously win games and concede one. And there's probably, I don't know if there is ever a team who's managed to do a full season without a clean sheet and do all right. But I mean... Yeah, it's it's not too surprising. I think the injuries, as you say, any team any team struggles with injuries throughout a season, but then when you consider Aloha part-time, they've got a bit of a smaller squad than most in the league. I think that that's certainly going to be felt a bit more, but not wanting to be all doom and gloom. What about some kind of positives that, that we could maybe take from this season for Aloha? Uh, biggest, I mean, still the biggest one for me, again, is it comes down to the way that they approach playing football and the way that they approach matches I don't I don't think they ever come out and sit back and just like let like kind of bring teams on to them and try and hold out for a draw do you know what I mean like yeah I think a, a lot of Scottish clubs potentially do that a lot of clubs are potentially pretty negative at times I know that Morton have have had their, I mean that's basically been Morton's tactic for the whole season to be honest and um, it's only currently got us in ninth position. So I think that's been the biggest thing for me. And if we think back to last season as well, Cammy, some of the football that they played last season was was really impressive. It's not been as impressive this season, and, and that's probably why they're in the position that they're in. But I don't think it's been particularly bad. And that, that might seem weird coming from a team, like you say, that has conceded 59 goals, but they've, they've scored 28, which is more than which is more than Arbroath, which is more than Morton, which is only one less than Ayr. So I don't think they've been particularly bad. It's just, I think it's probably been most mostly been unlucky this season and their own mistakes kind of costing them on top of those injuries, like we said, Cammy, I'm willing to bet, and again, I've, I've not looked at this, it's just come to the top of my head, but... I'm willing to bet that there's been very few occasions this season where they've played the kind of same back four, back five on successive matches. I just feel like they're constantly having to to change something at the back there and that's just unsettled them massively throughout the season. Yeah, and I mean, I think you, you're just saying the back line. I think you could probably extend that to how many times have they actually played a full-strength side throughout the entire campaign. And of course, that there's as we said, that there's other teams who've had injuries, but it just seems like it's been so much more for Aloha. And yes, we, we do have a real soft spot for them, but you're completely right. They do 
try and play play football. I think what would what many would describe as the right way to play. And I mean, I think they certainly deserve credit for kind of staying loyal to it and hoping that. Well, I'm saying hoping it turns round, but maybe maybe that was part of their downfall, being a bit too loyal. As much as we enjoyed the fact that they didn't just sit back and try and grind out points, they wanted to try and win games. It was just. So many times we'd watch games where they'd have a few early chances, wouldn't take them and would end up losing by a few by the end of the game. And it's just an, another thing that I think we've said nearly every single week since he signed for them is Ennis Cameron. Who knows how how they have done had he been there all along. Obviously last season they lost Kevin O'Hart right at the end of last season and to this season they lost Kevin O'Hara to Dunfermline and I mean, Kevin O'Hara, what was it, 10 goals and 7 assists or something like that last season at, at championship level, uh, if not a little bit better than that. And Yeah, it's just, could Cameron have replicated that? I, I'm not necessarily sure. Maybe could have uh, could have got more goals, but I'm not so sure on the assists. But yeah, it's, a, it's certainly an interesting one. Yeah, I think obviously the probably to end on is it's, it's a real shame to see them leave leave the league. Um, we've thoroughly enjoyed watching them over the past few se- past couple of seasons, and obviously we were both lucky enough to kind of be asked along by the club to to make our commentary debuts this season, Cammy, weren't we? Yeah, we were. So obviously, thanks to, to Kieran for that, and obviously all those at Aloha for being so so accommodating and helpful, and just being all round good guys. And hopefully, I think I speak for you as well that that we see Aloha back in in the championship sooner rather than later because. I certainly can't go along without a pie in a roll. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So moving on then, shall we discuss the playoff picture at both ends of the table? We've got the champions and we've got team who one team who's got, well, certainly relegated, but then there's still plenty to play for, both for the promotion playoffs and the relegation playoffs. And there's actually one team who could find themselves either in the Premiership or in, in League One next season in Cooney of the South. But I'm going to discuss the promotion playoffs first I'll, I'll save you from speaking about Morton and their kind of awkward situation they find themselves in alongside a few other teams so the promotion playoffs uh, there was a few kind of secure, well I'm saying a few, there was one Rafe Rovers secured their playoff spot at the weekend with that win over Aloha so long as they ma- they match Dundee's result or better it, they'll secure second this weekend, uh, Dundee can secure the playoffs with a win Dunfermline can secure playoffs with win and I believe with Inverness drawing, or or if they lose, whilst Queen of the South must win both of the remaining games, and the Pars and Inverness must lose both of theirs uh, for them to make it. So yeah, I mean, there's still certainly a lot to play for. I think Rafe Rovers will probably wrap up that second spot, no bother. And then it's kind of between that third and fourth spot between Dundee and Dunfermline, I think. Um, I'm saying Dundee and Dunfermline. Inverness have obviously massively surprised us Um I think it wasn't even that long ago we tipped them for ninth and they're now kind of pushing there and it's, yeah. I think Dundee probably will make it, whether they're third or fourth, I'm not too sure. Um, and I'd like to hope Dunfermline make it, but I, I I don't think I can rule out Inverness. What about you? Yeah, I think you, you obviously mentioned that we tipped them for ninth. We did, but they were on a horrific run of form. And I think just to, just to highlight that, um, <laughs> to, to bring it back to us, you, that you just cannot predict what is going to happen in the Scottish Championship. And, and that was definitely one of those situations where I think Neil McCann had come in at that point and he hadn't won a match yet. Like Fast forward a couple of weeks and they're, they're sitting just like a, a point outside the, the promotion playoff spots with a very, very good chance of getting in. Like I 
I, it's a really tricky one. Like I think if we're talking about the entire season, then probably Dunfermline deserve to get in. And you might you might argue with me there, Cami, and say probably not because you have been. I mean, you won't. I mean, you'll like me for saying this, but you have been horrific so far um, for quite a quite a big chunk of the season. But you obviously had that incredible start. Uh, you beat Hearts at one point. You, some there's been some really really good individual performances across flashes of the season. But I don't know. I think Inverness. I feel like they're a little bit more of the form team coming into these last two matches. They've got a tricky match against Hearts at Tynecastle this coming weekend, which I think could be key, albeit. Hearts are not on the best run of form, which we'll probably touch on in a, in a second when, when Martin drew with them um, last night as we we're recording this. But I think that that's probably going to be key. And uh, But every time I speak to you, you don't feel very confident about Dunfermline beating our growth on Saturday either. No, I don't. I mean, Saturday's match was obviously fantastic. It was a real kind of throwback to earlier in the season, I think, especially in comparison to what we'd been dished up with for for three, four months, really, Dom Thomas, uh, we've said for so many weeks, he needs to find form. And when he does well, the powers do well. And that was certainly the case on Saturday. Three assists for him. And just some of some of his play, he was back dribbling, back kind of pulling off a few skill moves. And he was just, he was superb. And yeah, I think, I, I feel a bit more confident about beating Arbroath uh, and hopefully then securing a playoff spot. But at the same time, knowing the powers, that would be far too easy to say that, and I just, I think it's just known known the powers like I do. I I, I kind of can't help but see us getting pumped off our broth, and then it coming down to the final day of the season against Aloha, and we somehow bottle it. And I think that just the typical powers, but also I hope that's not the case. And yeah, just kind of need to wait and see. But it's do you, um, think anything... the, do you think the first thing we've got right all season is me saying that you and Henderson could be quite key for you in the last three matches, seeing as they got a goal on Saturday. Well, yeah, one of the first right things, I guess you could say. I mean, I, as I texted you on Saturday or Sunday after we kind of discussed the games a wee bit, I, Henderson was really good and I'd like to, to hope we maybe get to keep him next season. I'm not sure what his contract situation is at Celtic or whatever, but I mean, he, he was really impressive and got got that goal, took it really well. And yeah, I think since he's come in, he, he's certainly impressed me. Um, and similarly, maybe not quite to the extent of Innes Cameron, but I'd be curious to see how we defared with him and the team the whole season. Just, I think he's provided something a bit different to a midfield that it got kind of really stale. There was also the kind of hoo-ha with Kyle Turner and him getting punted. And yeah, I think just Henderson coming in has just been something a little bit different that, that we kind of needed. It's, our, our form's not been, uh, I think, how I'd want it, but it's certainly been a bit better if we take out that kind of massive loss to Rafe Rovers that I, I didn't really want to bring up, but I think it's, it's only right that I do mention that. And kind of, I think that highlights why I'm certainly concerned as much as I'm maybe feeling a bit more confident ahead of that Arbroath game. And then obviously touching on Dundee a little bit too, it was a, a really a really important uh, point that they earned last night in the end. And maybe, I mean, didn't, didn't really take rocket science to pick this one out, but maybe we were right again with, with Lee Ashcroft um, being one of the vital players for the, the, the last couple of games of Dundee season because he got another goal last night. He's on he's on scoring form at the moment. He's on a hot streak. Yeah, he is. I think he's scored in, what, three of the last four games in the league or something like that. He always seems to 
to pop up the goals at the moment and we've seen so many kind of high goal scoring centre backs and he's I mean, yeah, you tipped him to be key. He, he popped up for another goal the other night, and I think that 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 could be a huge goal for for their promotion hopes. And I mean, again, I, I'm sure I said it the other week or the week before when he'd scored. Gav, I told you he was good. I told you he wasn't shite. <laughs> I mean, Charlie Adam basically put the ball on his head last night, but obviously a very very important time to score just after um, Daniel McKay had put put Inverness ahead. And I think if he hadn't scored that, then it almost had put Inverness in the, in the pole position to to qualify for the playoffs, even with that. Obviously, like we mentioned, tough match against uh, Hearts coming on Saturday. Um, one other thing I was going to ask you about, Cami, was um, Queen of the South. Obviously, you mentioned that at the moment they are probably the, I don't want to say the only team that's not competing for anything because, like you said, they could get dragged down the way or they could drag themselves up the way. But what did you make of them on Saturday against Dunfermline? Was it just a, an off day for them or are they kind of gone off the boil a little bit? I mean, I think they were they were quite poor and I think, I don't know if that's just because the Pars managed to score three after going like so many games without a scoring and stuff like that. And I mean, their form lately has been very poor kind of since about the middle of March. They've, they've only actually won once, beat, beat Hearts in that game. And I think, at that stage, we thought, right, that they've had a few kind of dodgy results. Was a loss to Aloha, then lost to Ewan Morton, and they bounced back for that win, and I think we were maybe expecting them to, to kick on, but then they have had quite a difficult run of form in the past three weeks. Uh, Inverness at home, Rafe Rovers at home, and Indon Fairland away. So kind of playoff, promotion playoff, kind of rivals in a sense, is what we kind of say they're maybe a bit marooned in the middle of nowhere. They've not really got anything burn. I mean, a lot of luck or some really kind of unlucky circumstances that they've pretty much secured in the league. And it's just kind of a case of whether they'll finish fifth or they'll finish sixth. But I mean, or maybe even seventh. It's just, it's that, it's that kind of tight. I think sixth will probably be their kind of final uh, kind of resting spot. I think Queen of the South fans, given how, I think we weren't too keen on them, and given how they didn't start uh, entirely fantastically, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be absolutely delighted that they've managed to, to secure that spot in Championship football for another season. And obviously, if the management team signing, I think, was it a new two-year deal or maybe even a three-year deal the, the other week, I think that it bodes well for Queen of the South's future. I'm not sure if the contract situation is quite as bad as last season, but I think We've just got to trust in Alan Johnson that, that he, he can somehow do this season on season at Queen of the South. And Queen of the South have got to hope that they can pull it off again this summer if it's a, if it's the same scenario. I think looking at Queen of the South as well, they obviously had that that really, really poor, basically, 2020 um, in, in its entirety, obviously, from last season and going into this season too. But and you, you look at the league table, they've got 12 defeats and that is more than Arbroath, Ayr and Morton. It's just their lack of draws uh, and obviously turning a few of those into into wins. That's why they're in the position that they're in. It's still so tight though, isn't it? Like, And that's why they, they potentially could get dragged uh, back into things. They've got uh, Air United away from home, which on the surface maybe doesn't look like an important match, but you look a little bit closer at the league table and it's actually massive because if Ayr do the unthinkable and, and turn things around a little bit and, and manage to win that one, then that's Queen of the South potentially dragged right back into it, especially if Morton pick up a win against Alloa as well. You'd have you'd have Aaron Morton uh, on 30 points. You'd have Queen of the South on 31. 
going into the final day of the season. And Queen of the South have got a tricky tie against Dundee at home. Uh, although I think Morton and Air have got tricky matches as well, obviously against Arbroath and Cali. So I think going into the last day, if there is all to play for down in that battle for ninth position between four teams, then that is going to be very, very nervy. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I think Queen of the South, it's, well, they need a point eh, from the, from at least one of their final two games to survive. No, that's not right at all. I'm, I'm speaking nonsense. I mean, yeah, in fact, no, I am right. If they beat, no, I'm not, I'm not right at all. I'm, I'm just making stuff up. We'll, we'll maybe need no, to you, that. No, no, you're, no, I think you're right because they get a point against Air on uh, Saturday and they Oh, yeah, that'll caught. prevent Air. Yeah, yeah, caught yeah, by yeah. Air, yeah. I knew I was right. It was just, I was looking at the table and got myself all confused with points and permutations and, and all that. But yeah, no, I was right initially. I should have trusted my, my judgment. But that's a kind of, Promotion playoffs kind of discussed. What about the relegation playoffs? You kind of touched upon a few of the teams there. Morton currently occupying ninth spot, but Air, Arbroath and Queen South can still also finish in that spot. So how, as a Morton fan, are you feeling that ahead of the final two games of the season? It's a really, really weird position to be in because I think that draw against Hearts last night was absolutely massive. Um, and it could have been a win. Like Calvin Orsi hit the post very early on. We had a few decent chances in the first half. The the second half kind of went by without much happening whatsoever, which obviously was, uh, I'm sure, an absolute delight for the BBC Scotland cameras, as per usual. Um, people falling asleep while they're watching Hearts and, and or Morton. Um, but that, I mean, grabbing a win in that one would have been absolutely huge. But I was delighted to take a draw. And I think with it being a draw as well, it, it puts us in, puts it in our own hands a little bit more. So two matches left. We've got um, Aloha at home on Sunday. And if we don't take three points there, then we don't deserve to stay up in this league, I don't think. Um, obviously, they're already relegated. <clears throat> I'm not sure. I haven't seen any confirmation on this, Cami. I'm not sure if you have. Obviously, Neil Parry got sent off uh, at, uh, at the weekend there against Wraith Rovers. I'm not sure if they're appealing it or anything like that. I think it, it looked like a a really strange one. He was kind of like lying down on the ground and then Gozi Ugbu just kind of like fell over him a little bit. What did you make of it? Yeah, it was a strange one. I think before we, we started the podcast, we both kind of watched it back together and discussed our thoughts. And the more I watch it, I'm, I'm not actually sure if it's a dive or not. It's just, sorry, I'm, I'm saying that more in the sense that I think it actually could be a dive. And, yeah, it's just yeah. Parry's kind of down for what seems like a while, and Ugu seems to be falling over. But it's just the way the kind of Alwa player runs past. It kind of blocks that view. And Alwa typically have quite a good setup. They'd maybe have a camera at either end of like kind of both ends of the pitch, and that would have maybe given a different view. But perhaps that's why they never showed it. Maybe that that's the reason they didn't because it maybe it was clear as day. But just with that player kind of running past, they, they did kind of slow it down and show multiple replays, but weren't quite treated to the kind of really zoomed in kind of footage that we've seen from Aloha for some of these contentious decisions. So maybe that says it all. But I mean, yeah, I think you've got to be aiming to win to to win this one. Otherwise, yeah, what what kind of chance have you got? Obviously, our growth the following weekend is is going to be a, a another massive game. Um, I think so long as you win this one, I think you'll be happy. But then. Yeah, it's just, well, what can you say about this kind of dogfight at the bottom? It's, it's the Scottish Championship and 
honestly, it's just I, I don't even think I can really describe it. We've already if, said if, Mo- if Morton if Morton weren't involved in it, then I'd be absolutely buzzing about it and I'd be talking it up to the hill. Um, but Morton are involved in it and they're heavily involved in it and it's making me nervous every time I look at the league table and the fixtures that are left and at the moment that's about five times a day at least uh, that's 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 how much I'm nervous about it I genuinely talk about it with my dad I talk about it with the kind of MCT guys and uh, on a on a on a daily basis um, it's it's very very nervy um, and obviously a, an important season for for Morton to stay up as well from a from a purely biased perspective just because we've got that that fan ownership coming very soon so um, yeah I'm, I'm so desperate for us to stay up and I would love us to uh, but and I, I guess we saw a little bit of this last night against Hearts as well where are the goals going to come from when we need to win a match on on Saturday against Alloa that's that's what's stressing me out a little bit I think Calvin Orsi obviously hit the post as I said very early on but we've with, with him being our, our kind of main striker pretty much for the for the most part of the season it's it's been a very, very low scoring season for us. And I, I looked at it earlier too, and it's been a very, very, we're the most shot shy team in the Scottish Championship. I think we've had, uh, I'm just getting the stats up in front of me. We've had the least amount of shots in the league with 175. And uh, Aloha are ninth on that list with 197. Uh, and we've had 73 of those uh, 175 shots on target, which is 10 less than air in ninth spot as well. And just for context, Hearts are obviously top of both of these. They've had 343 shots on goal and they've had 143 of those testing the goalkeeper. So like, we, I think there's a problem up front because we don't score enough goals, but there's also a problem behind that as well in terms of creating these chances. And it's been a, a like it's something that has been very very difficult for us to solve throughout the season at times it feels like we kind of just throw players in there and, and hope something happens uh, and I think that's what's happened recently but obviously like I mentioned on last week's podcast Robbie Robbie Muirhead could be the answer coming into these final three matches but he didn't play uh, last night he was on the bench Calvin Orsi got the nod ahead of him and uh, we played well on, on Friday night against Motherwell and Muirhead started that one, but he didn't really get into the game that much. So it's kind of who's going to who's going to start up front, who's going to actually put the ball in the back of the net for us. That's the biggest issue for me going forward in these last two matches. And just finally, on Morton, we are absolutely due a win against our Broth this season. Uh, it's twice we've obviously played them. They've won one, and we drew the other one in an absolute bore fest. Um, so. I think we're, we are due a win against Darbroth and I would gladly take it on the last day of the season. But surely you're hoping that it's sorted uh, this coming Saturday. I mean, yeah. It's probably not going to be sorted because obviously we're on equal points with Air with a poorer goal difference. Um, but if, if Air lose against uh, Queen of the South and if we win, then I'm I'm hoping for to come to come to the last day of the season against Aloha and play out one of the most boring draws you could ever think of uh, to, to 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 secure our championships place for for next season. 
I mean, part of me does hope that there is still something to play for on the final day of the season. But I think for for you for your heart's sake, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe just getting it sorted this weekend will do. But how talking to Hearts that can lose them a nice loss, a nil nil draw with them, and prior to that, one all draw of Premiership opposition in Motherwell in the Scottish Cup, you took them to penalties, and before that you drew one one with Dundee. So you've you have, I mean, a, a I think if you were offered free draw, I'm saying draws that you can draw in the Scottish Cup kind of thing, but yeah. like if you were offered these kind of results ahead of it, you'd have probably taken them. So it's maybe not, I mean, I know the league form's not been great and you've, yeah, as you say, you're, you're struggling for goals, at least goals in the division. But at the same time, defensively, you've not maybe been as bad as your position in the league would suggest. You just have the, the fifth best defensive record, fifth worst, however you want to kind of look at it. You're, you're slap bang in the middle. It's just, yeah, I think a lack of goals. I think right at the start of the season, we kind of shared some concerns over where goals might come from in this team. And I think um, certainly if, if you survive, that that's the first position that, that if it's Gus McPherson or whoever the new coach is, has to look for. And, and certainly bring in multiple because it's been a real issue throughout the season. Yeah, it definitely has. And and obviously, I don't even know if, if you spotted this, Cammy. It was, it was very well hidden in a news article on the Morton website, but um, Champions League starlet Kaziah Sterling has gone back to Spurs. Um, maybe Ryan Mason wants a wee look at him now that, now that Jose Mourinho's been sacked. Um, I'm not sure about that. But um, yeah, that, that loan spell didn't really obviously work out in the end, albeit... Uh, everybody's absolute buzzing at, at the time when a when a low knee comes in from a, from an English Premiership side, but yeah, that that one didn't work out as well. No goals, um, one decent performance uh, up in Inverness and uh, in that away win, that absolute vital away win, but yeah, it, it didn't work out for him at Capital. I mean, I I, I text you at the time. Obviously, it means nothing now, but I mean, it was obviously they wanted him back for that for the Champions League experience for the European Super League, but obviously that's. That's meaningless now, and you just wonder would they have let him stay at, at Capolo for the final two games? Had that not happened, but but yeah, I think Sterling was a was a real disappointment. I think he and then Justin Johnson as well. What have you kind of made of him? He's certainly not been someone that's been a big standout for me. No, I I think he's nowhere to be seen, to be honest. Which obviously after um, Anton McElhone left, um, who or sorry, kind of McElhone. Like kind of stopped being the manager. Um, he was the one that signed him, and he gave him a couple of uh, appearances, and he had he had a, like one flash where he came on and looked relatively decent. But uh, I don't think he was ever really going to work out. Uh, I'm not. I wasn't really sure about that signing in the first place. I'm not sure it was it was needed just to add another winger into the squad that that Hoppy had built, full of wingers and wide men. Um, so yeah, I think it's it, it's a huge job in the summer as well. Uh, when when things progress, uh, and, I mean, no matter what league we're in, obviously we, I hope it's the championship. But um, yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a very very it's going to be competitive next season as well. Obviously, because I think a lot of teams probably signed up more than they would have if coronavirus hadn't happened. Um, just to give players some stability, I think some some teams were obviously ruthless. I think Dunfermline were one of them and, and got rid of quite a few of the squad. But I think quite a lot of teams kept a big chunk of the squad together. I know Morton definitely did. So, um, yeah, I think this summer will be very interesting to see what what moves get made across the divisions. And I mean, I think you're saying about it looking more competitive next season. Next season, I mean, I can't really see any one team being completely clear favourites. I think Dundee would maybe be. 
the bookies' choice and maybe a team that many would look to just given some of the names in that team, but it doesn't feel like this season of Hearts or last season with Dundee United that there is a team, at least kind of based on how things are currently and who could potentially come in from League One and down from the Premiership, it doesn't seem like there would be one team who would just absolutely obliterate the league. Um, do you well, kind of think that's that's right? Or Yeah, I think you are probably right. I think looking at who's going to come down, it looks like, I mean, nobody likes to say this because then it never actually happens, but it uh, looks like it could be Hamilton um, next season, kind of automatically. And then at the moment, obviously, I mean, I think matches are going on and they're currently 3-0 up on Dundee United as I'm looking at that. But uh, Kelly are still in that um, kind of 11th spot in the in the Premiership as well, so you you'd probably expect Kelly to potentially win the playoffs just as as the Premiership favourites. Um, but yeah, I think if if we're looking at none of the teams going up and whoever stays in the league that finishes in ninth as well, then yeah, you're probably right in terms of Dundee. I don't know. I would maybe say Dunfermline as well, just if the German uh, owners stick stick their hands in the pocket a little bit. Um, and do you know, like this is going to be absolutely wild, to be honest. But our growth, like if they're the only part-time team in the championship, and I was going to say this for Aloha earlier, Cami, but think about the big grant uh, that they got as being in the championship this season. Was it five hundred grand that each team yeah, in the championship each, got? Yeah. Oh, think about that as a part-time club. Like our growth could basically sign whatever part-time player they want. I think in the summer. So it'll be very, very interesting to see what kind of squad or what kind of additions they can get next season because they'll probably keep uh, a big chunk of that squad together with that money and then see who they can add on top of it. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I do think the grant there was, I, I might just be talking nonsense here, obviously, loyal kind of listeners will know that that's a regular occurrence, but I, I, I want to say there was something about you couldn't spend it on transfer fees or, or something like that, but then I guess... At this level, it's mostly free agents, so then I, I don't know who you'd be able to yeah, kind of probably, regulate that. But uh, it probably just gets engulfed into the club, doesn't it? In terms of like running costs, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, our growth. I think if they are the only kind of part-time team, there is. I mean, I was going to say Cove, but I, I, they might even be full-time now. And I'd imagine if if they if they did come up, that they'd certainly probably look to go full-time. Um, but yeah, I think our growth will certainly have a have a have a decent pool anyway. Um. Obviously, Aloha down, so yeah, they're going to be probably the only part-time team in the championship. Um, I'm saying probably, but ultimately it's Scottish Championship, and we can never tell what's going to happen. And I don't think that's going to change this weekend, next weekend, or or any weekend. It's just that this is it, and we've just got to live with it. Cami, anything else to to finish us off? I think I mean just touching. We should probably just talk about this, to be honest. But how impressive our both were against Air United on Saturday. We didn't really touch on that there when we were talking about the, the relegation playoffs. No, we didn't. And something that I did like, and I'd imagine you'd have liked it as well, was seeing young Ben Williamson get his name on the score sheet. Um, yeah. Obviously a player who, who's really impressed us since he came in. And I think we, we'd seen the score go up and we were texting back and forward. And yeah, I mean, 4-0 is... Uh, our both are not a team who score a lot of goals. Um, I mean, without these goals, it'd be... The same as you with the least goals in the division. And yeah, I don't think anyone could have really seen this one coming. I think just having a quick scroll through the results now, they beat Elgin City in the League Cup 3-0. But yeah, most of the results are 
are one nil wins or two one wins or something. They're not a team who score a lot, so to come out and just batter air in the manner that they did and to be free now up within half an hour was was very, very impressive. And yeah, I think that's bound to give them confidence heading into the, the final kind of two games of the season. And obviously we say we've got a soft spot for, for our growth. I think it's really a soft spot for Aloha, but I think we've also got got a bit one for our for our growth as well, partly due to Nico Vertanen who we had on the podcast earlier this season, but but just also Dick Campbell, another reason. But they just kinda of, similarly to Talwa, they looked to kinda of try and play football. Obviously Dick Campbell again, as I've just said, a, a living legend and someone who I think makes the league even better than it already is. Yeah, and Jack Hamilton getting on the score sheet again as well. Obviously when we're talking about Ennis Cameron, we do like to touch on Jack Hamilton pretty much on a weekly basis um, now. And I think our growth would be, I mean, I'm I'm willing to bet they'd be higher up uh, in the table if he'd been there with them all season. Uh, I think I spotted a, a really impressive stat about Jack Hamilton, uh, about him almost scoring 20 goals across this season. Um, and, and as a whole, obviously, he got uh, some for his Fife and he got one for Livy. Uh, and now the goals they scored for our both as well, and that would be hugely impressive if he can get that that total uh, for this season. Yeah, for someone, uh, uh, I've just had a quick look. He's currently on seventeen uh, from thirty-one games in all competitions. Seven at our both got seven at East five, one for Livingston, as you said, and then a few in the League Cup, which I presume was for Livingston, maybe in for East five. But I mean, yeah, a very, a very good tally for someone who who's not long turned twenty. Uh, no. Yeah, t- yeah. I'm saying not long. He's he's coming up for 21, but I mean that's that's still really really young. And yeah, I think we've already said he looks to be a player who's got a really bright future. And based on his performances at the, this level, and given given how Livingston have got on this season, there's every chance that we could maybe see Hamilton Hamilton get a, get a bit of a chance there next season. Yeah, we hope so. Definitely. Um, just finally, where do you think Ben Williamson will end up on loan next season if he goes back out? I'd like to hope the championship again, purely from the kind of selfish perspective of we'll get to watch him again. I think he's a player who much kinda of like other loonies we've we've ranted and raved about since since that, that January window. He's just a player that I'd I'd love to see more of in this division. I think he probably needs needs a kind of another spell in this league to to just kinda of find his footing a bit more, obviously at a fantastic academy and Rangers Academy. So he's he's certainly got a good football education and I think if he manages to get another good move, well, yeah, it's going to set him up really well. Whether he's able to break into the Rangers team, I don't know. Maybe that's thinking too far ahead. But certainly, a player I'd quite happily see in the Championship. And I'd even take him at the pars. If I'm not wrong, he is a local lad. So, yeah, that would be be nice. We had Kerr McEnroy, who was local this season. He sitted all right and kind of petered out. But hopefully, if for whatever reason Ben Williamson opted or somehow was loaned to the pars, hopefully things would work better for him. And if there's anyone listening who could put Ben Williamson on loan <laughs> to the pars, that that is definitely my yes, please do that. So so yeah, I think that probably brings an end to, to this week's uh, edition of the Pure Championship podcast. As always, thank you for the continued support and if you want to send us any messages or whatever, you can do so on Twitter or any questions, we can read them out on on the next episode but but thank you for listening and we'll see you next time